I feel like we're just almost there. Almost full. But after this week, we're going to live full. We're going to get up every morning and fill ourselves up. Amen. All right. If you would go ahead and turn to Ephesians 4. We'll start in verse 17. Ephesians 4:17 This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind and pay attention to the vanity of their mind having the under, having the understanding darkened being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them what do Gentiles have in them? Ignorance. So we shouldn't expect anything else out of them, should we? You see somebody unsaved, and that's when they're talking about the Gentiles here, that's what they're talking about, somebody that's not in covenant with God. Uh, when we see somebody that's not in covenant with God and we get all mad and upset because they act in ignorant, we really shouldn't expect anything any different, should we? Because that's how they act. Yeah. Having the understanding darkening, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ. If so, be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth, as in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation of the old man. We're not Gentiles anymore, so what do we do? Put off, put off the old man. We don't act that way anymore. Which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed where? In the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, put away, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. <coughs> Neither give place to the devil. Amen. So we don't want to give place to the devil. Why? Because when we give him a place in our life, he has open reign to come in and do whatever he wants. And he's not a good guy, right? right, right. He's going to kill, steal, and destroy. That's his mission on earth. So if you give him any opening in your life, in any area... If you start noticing some death in that area of things that you used to do. Poverty, things, your finances starting to wane. Or something, your marriage getting destroyed. Your job getting destroyed. We should have a clue where it's coming from right off the bat and what should we what what should we do immediately repent get under the blood whatever we've done to open the door amen we can't no longer live like the gentiles we have to live as godly children people who live like the gentiles are living out of their emptiness and if we're acting like the unsaved how can anybody tell us apart or why would anybody want anything from us? Amen? Amen. Yeah. It's not that we don't have the answer, but it's just that we're not doing the right thing as Christians. The ones without the life of God live in darkness, full of impurity and greed. Amen? When you don't have the light of the word in you, you end up living out of your mind. 
And that's a scary place to live. Because your mind can go places you never thought of. Your mind will tell you all sorts of things. How you feel. How you act. Your mind can make you miserable. Feelings will have you flying high one minute and in the pit the next. If we have the life of God on the inside of us, we're to live out the life of God on the outside of us. Amen? Amen. Whatever's on the inside is going to come up to the outside. So if we stay full of the Holy Ghost, full of the Spirit, guess what? Guess how we're going to be living? We're going to be living righteous. Amen? Only faith in God is how we should live our lives. Uh, let's go to Isaiah 55, 8 in the New Living Translation. Isaiah 55, 8. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. Verse 9. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Verse 10. The rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. So we see that God's ways are not like our ways. His thoughts are higher than ours. But we should be trying to attain his thoughts in our lives. Did you notice if it rains in one area, everything else around it don't get any help. Just the area where it rains. So if God is raining on us, we have to make ourselves available to help others they don't know to expect the rain from god they don't know to look or ask amen but we do if it only benefits where it's heard the word of god only benefits where it's heard if you're not being taught then it won't benefit you It doesn't matter that you belong to the best church in town or it doesn't matter if you have the best job in town. It doesn't matter how you're living, if you're living rich or you're living poor. If you're not hearing the word, it is not going to benefit you. Not only did the rain produce what was needed in the area where it got it wet, but the person that got wet also benefited from it too. And then others around them benefits from the rain. Verse 11. It is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. Everybody say always. Always. So if, if, if your life is not producing fruit, check on what's in your mouth. Check on what's in your mouth. It is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to and it will prosper everywhere I send it. Is that something that we can say, well, you know, 30% of the... It, it will produce fruit. Now... The thing we want to know is what kind of fruit is it producing in our lives. That way we can check up on what we're saying, right? If it's producing uh, things that aren't making us happy, aren't making us healthy. If it's producing something in my life that I'm not just benefiting myself or anybody else, then I need to go back. And check what I'm saying, because evidently I'm not being full. I'm not staying full. I have allowed something else to come in, 
and change the way I'm processing things. When we process things the way God wants us to, we're going to get the results he has for us. Amen? Amen. Verse 12, you will live in joy and peace. The mountains and the hills will burst into song, and the trees of the field will clap their hands. In verse 13, where once there was thorns, cypress trees will grow. Where nettles grew, myrtles will sprout up. These events will bring great honor to the Lord's name. They will be an everlasting sign of his power and love. Everything we do should bring glory to God. It should bring glory to God. And people should be able to look at us and say, because of God, look what's going on in their life. Because look how blessed they are. Look what God has done in their life. How many of you can say my life is better today than it was a year ago? Five years ago, ten years ago. My life is so much better from before when I got born again. Y'all wouldn't have liked me if y'all knew me before. <laughs> I wasn't a nice person. I was, I was pretty ugly and mean. That's the way I grew up. Um, I could cuss with the best of them <laughs> we was we was kind of cowboy people and we had a friend his name was joe rankin and he was he was just an old cowboy that um could cuss with the best of them and uh he had a horse that uh he'd let us ride all the time and uh i got out on it in the pasture one day and it started bucking and pitching and and i was yelling at the horse and it was a uh, responding to me yelling and kicking and everything and um joe told me one day after we got born again he said you know what since you got saved i can tell the difference in your language and i hadn't really thought about it but i did just i just quit because i'm i'm not one of those that likes to sit on the fence and see which way i'm gonna go I'm either all in or I'm all out. I'm not going to try to be both. And I hadn't thought about it at that time, and I thought, wow, it, it was true. God had supernaturally taken all that away from me. But the fact that somebody saw it was what blessed me. And it made a difference in his life. And he, he had cancer a couple years after that. But we know he was born again when he went to heaven too because we saw to it. We talked to him about it. And it was, it was a different time in our life, but it was a good time because we were just learning about the things of God. And uh, it was every day a new, <laughs> a new thing. But learning the, that God wants us to be happy and healthy and living in his blessings. The church I grew up in um, actually didn't teach along those lines. I was raised a Southern Baptist where everything was bad. You couldn't have no fun. You sure couldn't jump and dance and run in church. You couldn't... Um, you couldn't do this, you couldn't do that. And uh, I had a friend that was a Catholic. And when I would spend the weekend with her, um, her mama would make us go to Mass on Saturday night. And, but we could do whatever else we wanted the rest of the weekend. And I told my mom, I said, when I grow up, I'm going to be Catholic. Because <laughs> they can do whatever they want, and all they got to do is go to Mass, and they're okay. <laughs> That was my image of that religion because of the way she lived. Because me and her go party, and then we would go to mass. <laughs> I couldn't do that in the Baptist church. <laughs> that was not allowed. You have to go get saved again if you did that. 
If we, if we have a place in our life where people see that something is different about you, something has changed since you got born again, and you're living your best life ever, that's a testimony to God. That's a testimony to God. And that's something that we should be seeing in our lives. Amen? Amen. Verse 13, when once there was thorns, cypress trees will grow. Where nettles grew, myrtles will sprout up. These events will bring great honor to the Lord's name. Well, where once there was thorns, don't you think that kind of is giving us the idea that before we got born again, there was problems, there was issues, these thorns in our life. But... Now, after we're born again, a cypress tree will grow. Have you ever thought about a cypress tree? They're pretty. Um, It's got limbs that cover you up in the summertime, gives you some uh, rest from the heat. And a cypress tree is pretty forgiving with the wind. I mean, it can lean a lot it can take a lot so a cypress tree is an example that he gives us of what our life in him should be like pretty forgiving be able to maybe lean with the wind but not break off be able to, when the storms come, weather the storms. Maybe we lost a few leaves, but we didn't get broke. We didn't get uprooted. We didn't, we didn't blow plumb away. Amen? Amen? We're still there. We're still there. Enjoying the victory he's given us. Where the nettles grew, myrtles will sprout up. And all of that, when people see it, In our lives, when people see us weathering the storm, when they see that it didn't uproot us when um, we lost our job, when they see that it didn't cause us to have a meltdown, they can give honor to God because of what it did for us. If you don't give joy going in uh, the direction that you're going, um, you won't be going the right direction very long. Joy will hold you steady in some places. When you go from one place to another, there should be joy tied to that place. Even if it's a place where we're uncomfortable, even if it's a season in our life where we're uncomfortable, how many of you realize that we're going to go through stuff? Different seasons, different things are going to come. But we should always have joy and peace tied to our lives in the middle of those storms. When you go from one place to other, there will be joy tied if it's in the Spirit. Joy and peace is what needs to rule and reign in our lives during the time of the storm. We shouldn't live out of our mind. We can't live out of our mind and have joy and peace reigning in us. Even when things look grim or bleak, we can still have joy and peace. Um, My older brother, Danny, when he was probably, when did he have his first heart attack? Probably his early 40s. Um, And there's eight of us kids. And um, so he had to have open-heart surgery. So we were all in the um, waiting room there for heart surgery. They have you in these different waiting rooms. And it's kind of like this right here. Um, On one side, they had us waiting on my brother to have his surgery. And then probably about to that wall there, there was another family waiting on one of their family members. And we were in there, and we had prayed, and we believed God he was going to be okay. So we were talking, 
you know, and eight people can be pretty loud. We knew we was in a hospital. We were being respectful. We weren't being loud and crazy and everything. But we were just talking and uh, catching up with our brothers and sisters because we hadn't been, we weren't, we didn't all live together, so we hadn't been together in a while. And the people that were trying to cry over there, I guess they got offended. <laughs> Because they went and told the nurse to ask us to be quiet because they were trying. What would what they say? I don't even remember what they said, but they were trying to get through their terrible time they were having. And I'm like, did he die? <laughs> no, no, they were just waiting for him to have surgery too. We were all like, I don't get this. <laughs> I don't, he's not dead. He's still here. But you can't talk and enjoy. You know why? Because the world has a mindset. And the world lives by that mindset. If anything can go wrong, it will. So they were over there trying to be mourning and all that stuff. And we're just sitting over here. Talking because we knew what God was going to do. Because we prayed and asked. And he did it. He come out fine. No complications. You know, they had him up walking the next day. Open heart surgery. You know, things like that kind of blow my mind. They crack open your chest. And then the next day they make you get up and walk around. <laughs> but your body can take a lot. But these people were so determined that something bad was going to happen, that they couldn't even listen to somebody else enjoy life. And it was offending them that we were. They had no hope. They had no hope. So people thinking you don't care in a situation like that, we care. We prayed. We turned it over to God. We did what we knew to do. I guess they didn't know to do that. So they just thought that we didn't really care about our brother that was having surgery. We was just in there having a whole time. Things like that don't even make sense to us, do it, does it? But to the world, that's the way they expect things to go. Faith is always joyful at the time of need yeah. or the time of opposition. Yeah. We should always be joyful when we, have a, when we see a need or have a need come. Joy is at its greatest value when you have no reason to be joyful. Joy is at its greatest value when you have no reason to be joyful. Money is at its greatest value when you need it. It's at its greatest value when you need it. It's not when you don't need it. <laughs> Peace is at its greatest value when you have no reason to be in peace. Joy and peace are at its greatest potential when there's no reason for it. If joy and peace are only for good times, what's their use? Have you ever thought about that? What's the point of them? If they're only for good times. They don't benefit you when everything's going good. They don't. But when everything's going bad, and you have joy and peace, it is a benefit to your life. They're not beneficial when everything's going good, when everybody's getting a raise. You're automatically joyful then. So it doesn't help the situation. What helps the situation is when something bad happens and we still have the joy and the peace. You should go out with joy and be led forth with peace. Amen. That's the scriptures. 
well, I'm not really sure which way I should go. I'm not sure which thing I should do. Follow your peace. Have you ever heard that? Follow your peace. In any decision you make, you should follow your peace. Have you ever been to a, a, a car lot with a high-pressure salesman? Do you feel peaceful? You feel stressed, don't you? Because he's trying to make a sale. He don't care if you can make that car payment next month. He don't care if you can make that car payment in six months. All he cares about is the check he's going to get. So don't ever sign up for anything that you don't have peace about. Because the Holy Ghost will help you and know when to follow your peace. One time when we were in uh, Livingston, Texas, we lived down there. And uh, Ricky was working for a guy that had a dozer doing pipelines. Is that what y'all was doing? And my youngest brother was a, a driller on a drilling rig. And, um, of course, drilling rigs made way more money than dozer operators at that time. So um, my little brother called and said, hey, I got an opening if Ricky wants to come up here. We lived about two hours away, hour and a half away from him. If Ricky wants to come up here, I'll put him on. And I was like, yes, more money. <laughs> <laughs> So when he got home from work that day, I told him, I said, Edward called and said he's got a job for you if you want it. And so he said, all right, let's go. So we packed up. We had Joey and little Ricky then. And so we packed up our bags, and we was going to go stay at my mama's, and he would go to work from there. And we, 30 minutes on the road, I had this on the inside of me. It was just a uncomfortable, not peace. And then... You know, you keep ignoring it because it's more money. You know, we can live a better life. We can buy a good car. We can live in a nicer house. But the, it was just in there, and it, it just kept rubbing me the wrong way. And then I guess finally the Lord to get my attention. I mean, I heard this scripture in my head so loud, and I was a, I was a, pretty newborn babe at this time. I mean, I really didn't have a lot of scriptures in my head at that time. But I kept hearing, lean not unto thine own understanding. And finally, I told Ricky, I said, I don't think we should do this. I, I'm just not feeling good about this at all. He said, well, okay, let's go back. He hadn't called and quit or anything, so we just turned the car around in the road and went back to the house. Well, at what was it, two days later, they stacked the rig, which mean it went down, and it was stacked for about a month. That means we'd have got there, he'd have worked two days, and then he'd have got laid off. And then he probably wouldn't have been able to get his job back at this other place. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. He wants to lead us like that in everything we do. Now, if I'd been more spiritual at the time, I probably would have known at the very beginning. But thank God that I knew not to override that feeling on the inside of me and say, we're going to do it anyway. Amen? Amen. Follow your peace. Follow your peace. Don't allow the things out here to entice you and get you to do something that you shouldn't be doing. Because everything looks good from far off. <laughs> everything sounds better when somebody else is talking about it. You know, because they're trying to sell something. But when we listen and just feel it, hopefully he can do it with just a nudge where he don't have to have those words in our mind. But if that's what it takes, thanks God he's willing to do it. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. To keep us from making a mistake. To keep us from getting out of his will. And we were going to a, a nice little church there too. So it was all around the best for us to stay. And God knew it. And thank God we listened. If we don't know which way to go, just follow your peace. Yeah, yeah. 
once joy puts you in a place, don't get bored or tripped up. You know, sometimes people just like drama. They just like to feel like something's going on all the time. And, and if there's nothing going on, they'll make something. <laughs> they will. Because they have got so accustomed to being active or being engaged in something, whether it's peaceful or not. Don't get bored when there's no turmoil going on in your life. Amen? Thank God that the peace and joy of God is ruling and reigning in your life. Amen? Enjoy the peace. Once joy puts you in a place, don't get bored. Don't get tripped up. Don't, don't be deceived by the devil thinking, well, you know, ain't nothing going on here. I'm going to have to go somewhere else. That's where we're supposed to be. Yeah. Led forth with peace. Like in a marriage, you know, if you're so joyful at the beginning and then day after day things kind of get humdrum or boring or so then you think you got to go do something to put the spice back in your life. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I like boring. I was, I was never a drama person and I can't handle it very good. I like to be on the steady, even kilter. I don't have days up here today and down there tomorrow. Because the joy of the Lord is my strength. So I just have this even kelter. You know, fear will use pressure to get you to move. How many of you have ever had uh, somebody... And I heard this a lot in the insurance world. Somebody tell you, um, okay, well, we've got this great deal here. And, um, you know, you can get $5 million worth of insurance for $100 a month. But, you know, don't wait too long. Because this offer is not going to last forever. <laughs> that is such a pressure thing. Does God use pressure to get us to do anything? No. He leads. And we are led forth by peace. So if you're anxious and you're feeling, do I? Don't. Don't until the peace of God leads you into that place. Don't until you, have, you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God said, do this. Amen. Being anxious is not peace. Full of mental distress or uneasiness is what uh, anxious means. And it means that because of fear. Well, any fear tactic is not of God. And how many times a day do we... How, how many... <laughs> This is a good one. How many of y'all get those uh, phone calls every day about your warranty on your vehicle about to? <laughs> Do you know that is a fear tactic? Because if you don't buy this warranty tomorrow and your motor falls out, then you're not going to be covered. And they probably don't. And you, the thing is, they don't even know what kind of car you got. They don't know when you had a car last. They're just doing random calls. That should let you know right there that it is a fear tactic. When we learn not to be led forth with fear, we'll have a handle on things in our life instead of things in our life having a handle on us. People are trying to get you to buy something you can't afford. They'll tell you everything in the book. Well, you know, uh, I'm going to tell on Rachel. So she was at the mall. This is a friend of ours when we were in Florida. 
she was at the mall, and you know um, those guys out in the middle that have the perfume or the makeup or something. I, I just walk like this. Because if you ever make eye contact, they feel like they've got you. I just put my head down and I go. So Rachel is walking down there and this guy said, here, smell this, smell this. And he puts it in her face and she smells, oh, that's lovely. And he's like, let, let me show you what it does. And she says, no, I really don't have time. I'm in a hurry. He said, but we have a great deal today. So she's like, okay, okay. So this bottle of cream that will take away your wrinkles. <laughs> I'd have been mad if he told me that. <laughs> that wouldn't have been the right thing to say to me. <laughs> so he tells her, he said, we got this cream. After three weeks, then he starts showing her pictures of people that's been doing it. Look at this. These are gone. This is after a week. This is after two days. And then all of them are just progressively getting better, you know, until it's not even the same person anymore. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, 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 that's okay. And he said, and today, you know, it's normally $2,000 a bottle. But today, it's just 1000 And she's like, oh, no, that's out of my, that's out of my price range. And the funny thing about this is she prides herself in being able not to be took. <laughs> she prides herself in not being able to fall into these traps. So he's like, she's like $1,000, and she says, no, that's out of my price range. And he said, well, hang on just a minute. And he goes over here, and he does some, okay, I tell you what, $800 today. And this is, this is a great deal. You know, the stars in Hollywood are buying this like crazy. Matter of fact, if I don't get another shipment, I'm going to run out today. What is that? Fear. Fear. And, and so she's still strong, and she's like, no, no, you know, I, I don't really, I, I'm not interested. So... <laughs> Next time it's four hundred dollars, from two thousand to four hundred. And she says, "You know, I, I just wasn't planning on spending that kind of money, so I can't today." And 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 so he gets his phone out and he goes, "Oh wow, you know what? Today is my birthday." He he tells her this, "Today is my birthday," and the company told me as a birthday present to me. They're going to let me sell this for $200. And she bought it. <laughs> for his birthday present. <laughs> but all the different scenarios that this guy went through was to create fear in her. You're going to miss a great deal. And... How many women hate to miss a great deal? I'm not going to lie. I like a good deal myself. But when they start telling me, oh, this is the last one, I know they're just trying to get me then. Because you walk back by 30 minutes later and they got 10 more sitting up there. So they tell that to everybody. But everything that he saw... And this is exactly what the devil does with us. Everything that he saw that caught her attention or made, you know, she would start to walk off and, and he would say some little something and, and she would turn back around and engage. Every time she did that, it gave him a clue that she was moving toward what he was selling. We do that to the devil all the time. He comes up with these fear tactics. He comes up with these things. And, and you know, the first day we're strong and my God shall supply all my needs and I'm the healed of the Lord and, and ain't, no, ain't no devil going to... And then the next... And then he says something like, but that's what your ain't had. That's what she died of. And I'm, you're like... Oh, that did run in my family. 
But no, no, devil, no. I am healed. I'm whole. The scriptures tell me that no sickness or plague will come nigh my dwelling. Yeah, but that pastor in that church in another state we saw on the news the other day had it. It's just enough to start you looking at that situation. And if he can get you to bite, guess what? He'll start reeling you in. Next morning, you get up and you got a pain. You're like, oh, I ain't had that pain before. Oh, that's over there where they're talking about. That's what that disease. I read on Facebook the other day that that is a symptom. How many of you have been diagnosed by Facebook? <laughs> and then you got the ones that are like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to Google this. I'm going to see what this is, and I'm going to see what the symptoms are. And then you have five of them, which are normal for you because you've had them your whole life. But you don't realize that because you're reading it's a symptom of something else. Don't be anxious about anything. Don't let the devil... Reel you in. Keep, stay full of the Holy Ghost and keep your joy and your peace in your life. You can have peace in your heart, but you can still have fear in your mind. Don't allow the devil to know when he's got your attention. Because the minute he realizes it, He's going to start pouring on that much more pressure. And remember, pressure is never from God. Amen. Let's go to Second Timothy. Chapter 1. This thing's wanting to read to me. Verse 7, 2 Timothy, oh, I'm in 1 Timothy. No wonder that didn't look right. 7, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. The spirit the Lord put on the inside of you is of power, love, and a sound mind. The word will not make you unsound. The word will reinforce the soundness that's already there. Amen. Fear tries to violate power, love, and a sound mind. And the word violate just means disregard. Fear tries to violate peace. Fear tries to violate joy. But when we don't allow those things to motivate us to make decisions in our lives, when we don't allow them to motivate us to get off of the word, when we don't allow them to get out of what God has called us to, then we don't allow the violation that was coming to interfere with what God has for us. Don't let fear take the lead in your life. Amen? Amen. Don't let it. Let's go to Romans 15. Verse 13. says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Where? In believing. In believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. How are we going to abound? Through the power of the Holy Ghost. That's how we're going to see things come to fruition in our life. That's how we're going to see things happen in our life. Not allowing fear to motivate us. Not allowing fear to draw the course in our life that we're traveling on. Fear is not your friend. 
fear is not your friend. And you know what? We need to, we need to be careful how we teach our kids about things. <clears throat> there's, there's such a thing as teaching them reverence for things, but not to fear things. You know, we teach, we should be teaching our kids, if you go out into the street, you could be run over. But don't go all crazy and start yelling and screaming, you're going to get killed, you know. <laughs> that is motivating them with a fear instead of a knowledge. When you give somebody knowledge about what could happen to them, in that situation, it's not building a platform in their life for fear to rule them. It's giving them the knowledge to know that if I do something stupid like run out in traffic, I could be run over. There's difference in knowledge, being led with knowledge and then being led with fear. In believing, you will know you're in faith if you have joy and peace. In believing, you will know you're in faith if you have joy and peace. Let's go to Colossians 2. Colossians 2, verses 1 through 3. I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation says, I want you to know how much I have agonized for you and for the church at Laodicea and for many other believers who have never met me personally. I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. In him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Our answer is always in Christ. Our answer is always in Christ. We can't allow the things of this world to influence us, to make decisions, to make life changes because of something we fear. Fear is not your friend. Tell your neighbor, fear is not your friend. We shouldn't allow it to dictate us how we live. Fear should not dictate to us how we live. Now that we got the masks off, <laughs> we're like the calf that's let loose from the stall. Amen. Amen. We can go about life now. Letting our light shine. Letting other people see what God has done in us. We have a friend, uh, Sue Bierman. She's, where do they, were they missionaries to? Is it Portugal? No, that's Patsy. This is her sister, Sue. Her and her husband... They're missionaries. I think it's Portugal. I it we were eating dinner with them, um, I think, in February. And she was telling, no, yeah, maybe it was in October when we saw them. But she was telling me that when the pandemic hit in that country, you know, they don't make very much a day, like a dollar, two dollars a day, something for their jobs. And there's not that many jobs going around. But when it hit, the government over there shut down everything, absolutely everything. So these people that were making one or two dollars a day now had nothing. And they don't, they don't go buy a week or a month worth of groceries. Every day when they get paid, they go buy their groceries and take them home that day, what they're going to eat, what they're going to have. She said the first day... There was 1,500 suicides. That's not that big of a country. Because those people had no hope. They knew if they didn't work today, they didn't eat tomorrow. 
They had no hope. She said it was so devastating to that country because more people had killed themselves than actually died of COVID. What motivated them to do that? The fear of not having enough, not having any money. That is not how we are to live. That is not how we are to live. It don't matter if everything shuts down tomorrow. It don't matter if there's no jobs. No, God's going to take care of me. That is the relationship we need to have. We need to know that our life is in him and of him where there is no lack, where there is no poverty, where there is no sickness, where there is no disease. It's in him and of him. So therefore, if I'm in him and he's in me, I can ask anything according to his will. Well, what is his will? His will is his word. I wish above all things that thou would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So that lets us know right there. He is not all about letting this pandemic or any other thing ruin or rule in our life. If we keep our faith, our hope, our confidence in him, we will be taken care of. God always makes a way out for his people. He always makes a way out for his people. Did he for Noah's family? How many years did they work on their way out? Almost 100 years. That's how long they made the, it took them to make the boat. So if you're going to live 100 years, and some, God knows something's going to happen in a hundred years that could be detrimental to you. Guess what? He's already got it figured out how to get you out of it. Amen. He already got it figured out. What about the children of Israel? Did he make a way out for them? More than once. First he got them out of Egypt, got them out of town. Then he got them through a sea. He fed them every day. Why did he do that? Because he loves us. And he wants us to prosper and be in health even as our soul prospers. You know what? I have wondered this. I wondered if there was some people that stayed in Egypt just because "Mm, that's too scary to go out there. There had to be. The only time we don't get to follow through with his plan is when we quit. And the only reason we would quit is if we were in fear. Fear is not your friend. Don't be motivated by fear. Allow the things of God to come to fruition in your life by following the peace and the joy that he has given you in everything. Tell your neighbor, say, follow peace no matter what happens. It's always joyful when we get to the other side of things, but we need to learn how to rejoice on this side. Joy is most beneficial when we're in the midst of something that's not joyful. Peace is most beneficial when we're in a turmoil or something's going on in our life. Don't be motivated by the things that the devil would throw out there and then start trying to reel you in gently and get you to the point of no return to where you didn't have any hope and the only way out you thought you could have to take your life. Don't allow it. Don't allow it. It's up to us as individuals. Amen. Amen.
Psalms 126 up there, please. I'm always amazed at how messages are intertwined when we're all in the same flow, amen? And this is what I never got to because um, the first service was a little shorter. But it says, when the Lord brought back his exiles to Jerusalem, it was like a dream. We were filled with laughter and we sang for joy. And look what happened. And the other nation said, what amazing things the Lord has done for them. How, how, did, they, how did the other nations, because see, some of y'all don't understand. Y'all think, think the other nations are going to look and see how spiritual you are. And so he said, we were filled with laughter and we sang for joy. And the rest of the world said, what amazing things the Lord has done for them. That's how we witness what the amazing things the Lord has done for us. When they see us singing, shouting, excited, everybody else is crying, they're going to say, what amazing things the Lord has done for them. And then we get to say, he'll do it for you. Because all you got to do, huh, is know a man. Uh. <laughs> where's my little, where's my little thing at? <laughs> well, huh. um, oh, and I need the name of that sales guy. I need his number. I'm gonna call him and teach him how to get the whole two grand. <laughs> oh my goodness, God is so good, isn't he? Well, I'll be seated for just a moment. We're going to receive our offering for your tithes and offerings. We're also going to receive our offering for camp meeting. Um, if you are, did they pass out envelopes? Okay. So um, please, it's important that you separate the two so that when we do accounting, we know what's what. Um, the way that the online works, it's very difficult to know what that's for. So if you don't put in there specifically, for your tithes and offerings or for camp meeting, uh, we will not know what it is. So it's really important that when all this COVID stuff happened, we had to change the way we process things. And the way that information comes through, it's just very difficult to decipher. Um, so make it easy on us if you are giving for a camp meeting. If you use an envelope, that's great, that's easy to do. But if you're giving online, make sure you give separately your tithe and your offering and then go back and give whatever it is you'd like to give for the camp meeting so that we have the ability to separate those things out and make sure that we bless uh, them because they've come you know, to bring the word to us and we wanna bless them uh, when they leave. Does that make sense? So I'm gonna give you a moment to finish doing whatever it is you're gonna do. If you're gonna do it online, you're gonna use the envelope uh, that you have. If you need an envelope, uh, either for your tithe and offering or for the camp meeting, if you would raise your hand and a usher will be more than happy uh, to give you whatever it is you need. So if you need an offering, please, or an offering envelope, please raise your hand. And I'll give you just a moment to do that. And then we'll go ahead and pray over that. Amen. How many of y'all got something this morning? Hallelujah. Oh. The word's been good, huh? This is our first camp meeting, but I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. This is the first of many. Yeah, we should be doing this every year. Twice on Sunday for camp. Hallelujah. So, you guys ready? All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you. First of all, we thank you it's not over. We got one more service tonight. We're believing big. We are so grateful for the quality of word that you have brought us that we would be able to hear, to discern, and then to walk in it. We're grateful for it. Father, your word says utterance is greatly affected by the hearers. So we came to hear and we came to do. And we're not hearers only, but we came to do it. So we thank you, Father, for all that we've already received. And we thank you for what we are about to receive as well. 
Father, we thank you. It's ministering unto each and every one of us. It's meeting our needs right where we are. And we're grateful for all that you're doing in our midst. Father, as we sow the seed, we thank you that it is into good ground and that that ground shall produce and bring forth a harvest, not only in their lives, but in ours for our obedience. We're cheerful givers, prompt to do it, quick to do it. It's our pleasure to support. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Sure do love you guys. We'll see you guys tonight.